Hey, it's Carolyn from Homesteading Family. Before we jump in today's pantry chat, I'd like to invite you to join me for a free four-part video series where I'm going to take you step-by-step through making high-quality dairy products in your very own kitchen. Don't worry, there's no cow required. (laughs) If you'd like to join me for the training, jump on over to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash dairy. Hey you guys, this is Josh and Carolyn with Homesteading Family and welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast, Pantry Chat Food for Thought. Today we're going to be talking about how we went from living in the city to homesteading on 40 acres in Idaho. This week's episode of the Pantry Chat is brought to you by BCS Two-Wheel Tractors. Now, you may have already heard of the legendary versatility of BCS Two-Wheel Tractor for small farms and homesteads. We love ours here on Riverbend. It's the most efficient and time-saving choice for a small acreage. Building raised beds with a rotary plow attachment, mixing in soil amendments with a power harrow, and shredding cover crops in place with a flail mower. But a BCS two-wheel tractor is more than just a gardening tool. BCS powers more than 40 high-quality PTO-driven attachments, each with the power and performance of an all-gear drive transmission. Blow snow with the BCS's snow thrower. Chip and shred limbs and sticks with a chipper shredder. Clean up your property with a pressure washer. Haul up to 1,100 pounds, including yourself, with the ride-on utility tractor. And even spread compost over 30-inch beds with the spreader attachment. Yep, BCS is pretty much the Swiss army knife of power equipment for your homestead. Check out bcsamerica.com to see the full range of tractors and attachments and find your nearest BCS dealer today. That's bcsamerica.com. All right, well, today is an exciting day. Yeah, this has been in the making for a while, but now... We have the first episode of the podcast version of the Pantry Chat. So if you are new with us here today, we have actually been doing the Pantry Chat on video for over a year now. Yes, we've got a lot of, I think we've up to 56 episodes or something like that out on video on the Pantry Chat. I think so, but we know that a lot of viewers and a lot of folks wanted to get this on an audio-only version Mm -hmm. so that you could uh, take us on the go. Yep. So this is really exciting. Welcome those of you that are brand new to the Pantry Chat. We're excited to have you here. Yes, but if you've been joining us for a long time on video, know that the video version is still going to be here on YouTube. Yep. So you can choose to watch on YouTube or you can listen in on your favorite podcast app. And uh, subscribe there. Absolutely. So to get started, before we get into main topic, we usually have a little bit of chit chat and answer a subscriber question. Yes. So Carolyn, what is going on with you right now? Oh, we are really moving into the heart of preserving season here on the homestead. So we have been bringing in all sorts of things to preserve. Um, A lot of beets. A lot of cucumbers. Love and those pickled beets. Peaches. We just did a bunch of yeah, a bunch of honey spiced peaches, and oh, we're gonna love those this winter. Oh man, I had really some good. of the juice the mm-hmm. other day that the kids put over ice cream. Yes. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> my goodness, was Very that good? good. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a good thing to have. But then the pickled beets and the pickled cucumbers. Yep. And of course, we're getting into lots of fermenting too because we love the canned version on the shelf. Um, but we really like those fermented cucumbers also, along with lots of other ferments. So we've been just doing a lot of preserving lately. Yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, wow. Well, with that, a lot of work in the garden, just keeping yeah. up. It's We're getting into the heat of summer, yes. so having to make sure everything's getting watered well. And, of course, this is kind of weed season. This is where the weeds really try to get in there, and so got to stay on our toes. So I'm, I'm weeding every day, but it's been less this year because of the new raised beds and the no-till system that we're using. So It has been substantially less. Oh, I've been amazed. Yeah, yeah probably 75% less weeds. weeds. Yes. Yeah. And that is excellent, especially for a second-year garden on yeah. this property. Yeah. So, yeah, doing that and um, just got various projects on the farm. We're getting the barn ready for winter and starting to get ready to cut firewood, trimming some trees. Yeah. And, um, hey, just got a new tractor. Really excited about that. Yeah, really needed that. Yeah, on this size acreage, it's a, it's a major tool. We have yeah. an older one. It's good, but it didn't have the attachments. And so that, that's been a big event this week. Really exciting. Yes. And one other one that we're all involved with, and that is Grandma Jeannie is back. Yay. If you guys remember Grandma Jeannie. Great Grandma she, Jeannie. Great Grandma Jeannie. She was born in 1928, I believe. I believe so. And um, she did an entire video with us last year when she was up here to visit on growing up in the Great Depression. It was a great video. Oh, man. And uh, you can still go back and watch that on YouTube. But she is here right now with us. So I'm kind of hoping I'm going to get her on to do maybe a Great Depression cooking video with Ooh, Grandma Ooh, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? That I haven't asked her fun. yet, but she's usually game. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a few more stories. She's yeah. got some good stories. Yep. Absolutely. Good. Real good. Well, we better move along. Okay. Get to the question of the day. This one is for you today from Polka Face Panda. <laughs> What's up, Polka Face Panda? On the homesteading dairy video, clabbered milk. Okay, that was an Okay, that's an older a, video. Yeah, a while ago. Um, but that is a good video, and mm -hmm. people are really diving into dairy right now. Okay. Wait, you can put a spoonful of your homemade yogurt in raw milk and start another batch? <laughs> so you can have yogurt that's really old, essentially. Like sourdough starter? My mind is blown. Someone help me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, clabbered milk would be the kind of natural ferment of a cultured milk. So instead of having a specific culture like a yogurt or a kefir, a clabber is when you allow the natural bacteria in the milk to culture that milk itself. So it's kind of like that wild ferment instead of a controlled culture. So, but to speed it along, you can do one batch of a clabbered milk and take a spoonful of that and use it to inoculate your next batch. You're going to get a lot cleaner flavor in your next batch, and you're also going to get a much faster result, thickened milk in that. Um, and so that is a really great way to go. Speaking of Grandma Jeannie, she shared how that's how her mom made cottage cheese was by clabbering her milk. So it's a very, mm -hmm. very, it's kind of the original cultured milk. Um, but yes, you can... Start your own cultures and keep them going from batch to batch, whether cool. that's yogurt, buttermilk, sour creams, 
clabbered milk, all those different things were just like the same idea of a sourdough starter where you just keep it going, you have to keep it fed. Sometimes you have to do specific things to the milk though, like have it at a certain temperature so that the right bacteria grows, or sometimes you even really need to have it pasteurized before you culture it. That all the but it's the same idea that applies is having that little bit of culture that you can use and then reuse and reuse for batches kind of forevermore. And tweaking that process like you're talking about is what gives you your different products and different flavors, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And the different types of culture. So right. yogurt's going to have a different type of bacteria than a kefir right. is going to have. So yeah. Cool. Real good. Great yeah. question, Polka Face Panda. Yeah. And... Um, Really, really good. So yeah. we better get on with it. We've got a story today. Right. Going back in time a little bit. Okay. And so yeah. 18 years ago. 18 years ago, we got married. We got married. We sure did. Just over 18 a, years ago. Right. That was a fun anniversary we just celebrated, it too. It was. And we were living. We were a couple of country kids. Both yep. kind of grew up in the country. Not a lot of agricultural experience. A little bit here and there. You did a little FFA and... I did a little bit of that. We rode horses. Yeah, yep. that's how we met, was actually riding horses uh -huh. <laughs> out in the country. Yeah. And, but we had uh, moved to the city after we got married. I was in college and finishing my degree for teaching. Yep. And you started I a business. started a new company, uh, Custom Homes yep. in L.A. And um, we were doing the grind. We were doing what, you know, we thought we were supposed to do, what everybody tells us to do, just starting our careers, getting life going, living in the city. Yeah. Uh, you were both finishing your, your teaching degree and, what, working at least one job. Yes. So yeah. that was like two or three jobs, all yeah. that work. <laughs> yeah. And I was starting a new business, mm -hmm. spending hours in traffic a day in L.A. to drive 30 miles back and forth to work. Oh, yeah. That is a hard commute. When you're just sitting in traffic, that zaps the energy out of you like nothing else. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you really realize how much time is spent on all these individual pursuits, right? When you're living in the city, you're doing kind of what you're supposed to do. You're each following your career, building up your career. And we were maybe seeing each other for, what, an hour in the evening, two yeah. hours in the evening. And then we were just really going our own direction. Well, and then generally the burn the out by that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we always knew we wanted to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And having the background that we did, we brought a little bit of the country into the apartment. Yeah, we were and so desperate for real things. We were on a second story apartment. You know, we were on the second story. <laughs> had a little balcony. We had a balcony, but we didn't really even have any ground that was our own. But we took that balcony and we filled it with herbs and a few tomato plants and just kind of whatever we could sick, stick out and, on and the And a couple of parakeets balcony. because that was the only animals I think we could have in the apartment <laughs> rules that we lived in. We were so used to having some animals around us that yeah. we just needed to put something in there. You know what? And it was a, it was a good time. Yeah. You know, a lot of experiences getting going, getting by with no money. It did yeah. teach us some things to really be resourceful yes. at that time of yeah. life. And it was a good preparation for the things that would come next. Just really being pushed to make the resources that we had go as far as they can. Absolutely. And so I think that's a good lesson learned there in that season of life. Well, and we learned how to do quite a few things yep. just sitting in that apartment. We really, you know, did some container gardening, which I don't think either of us had done anything mm -hmm. in containers nope. before. And, you know, we were cooking from scratch, doing all sorts of things like that. Um, so 
And I got to say, that's another seed. Is we've always loved good food. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> love to go out to eat, but couldn't afford to do that a lot.、Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of cooking, and so we had these little bits of seeds way back then. Even、yep. though we were in the city in that tiny apartment, there was these little bit of seeds、uh, that a new life would sprout out of. Absolutely. So I think the other thing that we really took away from that time in the city was that that was not what we wanted to do long term. Yeah, it didn't take long of of that. Yeah, I was teaching. I was in a classroom by that point, and actually teaching fourth grade, and I was shocked, honestly, by the children that I had in a very nice school、um, in a pretty nice area, and they were rather lost, actually, in a lot of ways. You could tell that they didn't have a lot of input from their own families because. They were fairly socially inept. There were a lot of things that I saw that just did not speak to a robust health, either physically or mentally, and definitely not spiritually. And so that, to me, was a very poignant moment of going, "Gee, this is not really what I want for our children." Right. And then, of course, the time that we were spending apart, you were so busy on the road. You know, we realized too that that's not how we wanted to have a family. You know, just all together, maybe for an hour or two at the end of the day, and that was it. And so, that season really helped us, I think, to clarify a few things in our mind for what we wanted moving forward. And then we found out we were pregnant with our first child. That's right. And so that was about two years in. Yeah. And we also had some business opportunity back in our hometown. Yeah. And we were able to go back to the country. Yeah. On a quarter acre lot. So. Right. Well, now it feels like a tiny little lot. <laughs> that's lot. that's, that's time, a lot to take care of huge, for us.、Right? That was a lot to take care of at the time, and it would be for somebody else、right. coming from an apartment、yes. or a you know a suburban lot、mm-hmm. or, or urban lot. That was pretty big. Yeah. And actually, it gave us a lot of room to branch out, and so that was a fun journey. Yeah, I think that was a really really important step for us because we didn't just go from. This little tiny apartment to forty acres. Right. That that would have been overwhelming, and honestly, I don't think we would have been able to use forty acres well. I, oh, we I don't think absolutely we would, have known what would to not do have been.、It. We needed a lot more steps in our journey、um, to learn the basics of homesteading and some of the skills that were going to go along with it. So once we got settled onto this piece of property, we started filling it up. We got chickens right off,、yep. which we'd had chickens in the you know before.、Mm-hmm. Um, In our own childhood, growing up in different times, and、uh, no, we did egg layers and meat chickens. We did maybe egg layers、order. the first year, and I think we did meat chickens、we、the second、did. year on that property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We maybe overfilled the piece of property a few times too many, but we also had a nice little garden in the back. Oh, we had a great size garden. You can do a lot on that size. You can.、Property. We got、yeah. a lot of food out of that garden.、Yeah. We really dove into some of the skills in the kitchen. For me, I know、yeah. I really learned. That's where I learned how to bake bread. I did not know how to bake bread, and let me tell you, I had a long journey to go to actually get consistently good bread and learn the skills behind it, and not just trying to follow a recipe. And I got to say, you were really smart because a lot of times it's the women in the kitchen that are that are finding these things. Maybe before you've even gotten out, but mom is trying to get her family healthier,、uh-huh. and so she's learning to cook. And it, the bread was tough sometimes, but you were pretty smart because I love cookies. I'm, I'm a cookie monster, right? <laughs> and Carolyn started experimenting with cookies、uh-huh. and taking you know the standard Nestle or whatever style cookies that we grew up with and making natural, wholesome but really good tasting cookies. 
And you did a good job of bringing me along with that because well, you've got good. those cookies really good and we, showed we me what to dial be those done. In. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they were. It was really good. Yeah, well, I would have said that you were really smart because even though I turned out some serious bricks for bread, you kept encouraging me along <laughs> and saying, <laughs> "Oh, it's good. Keep going." You know, I'm like, "I don't, I don't think you can eat this." <laughs> so, with that encouragement, we kept learning and really dove into food preservation there too. I got yep. my first food dehydrator. My first canning experiences were you in that little made place. Me do the first renovation mm, to right. make room for a pantry. <laughs> yes, the first pantry. So, there were just a kind of an explosion of skills that happened. And I really want to bring this point out that I don't think that that would have been the story if we had moved to that big piece of property right off. I think we would have been scrambling to take care of so much property that we wouldn't have had the time to focus on building the skills right. that then have allowed us to really move up in our homesteading journey. So I think if there's one thing that I would say as a takeaway from a lot of our story, it's to start right where you're at right now in whatever size you are and start learning the skills that you need to learn right there. You don't need to wait until you move ahead to something bigger or something out in the country mm -hmm. to start learning what you need to know in order to, you know, really be able to thrive once you get to that place out in the country or on the bigger piece of land or whatever it is you're dreaming of. You can start doing all those things right where you're at in a small space. Right. Fill up the space you have and then plan to go to a larger space. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're, you know, you have the resources to go to a really big space and you don't have a lot of skills yet, be very specific to tackle the areas closer to you. Tackle your yes. home. Tackle preserving. Tackle. And in permaculture design, we call it, we have zones. And mm -hmm. so focus on zone one. And that's that intensive use close to you. Yeah. And let the other property be for a while instead of reaching out, trying to do everything. To do everything and, and, at once. Yeah. And that wasn't a strategy for us, but we're very blessed in that that's what worked for us. And yeah. we now want to share that with people that it's, it's better to tackle it that way because we've watched other people make a huge leap. And it's yes. often... Uh, devastating and very challenging. Yeah, it gets overwhelming really yeah. quickly. And when you get too overwhelmed, you know, you just feel like throwing in the towel and quitting and going back to an easier lifestyle. So it's better to just really excel right where you're at until you naturally grow out of that. And as a side note to that, my mom used to tell me I wanted 100 acres since I was a little kid. I, was, <laughs> I don't even know why I wanted to have 100 acres. I, mean, uh -huh. I guess that's just ingrained in me. But I'll tell you right now, having 40 acres moved up over the last 18 years, I'm going to be a lot older before I feel like I'm ready for 100 acres. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful for the journey, this this progress that we're telling you about yeah. uh, one step at a time. And so we filled up a quarter acre yep. and did about everything we could there. Yeah. Family was growing. The house was getting too small. Right. And I was building custom homes. And so we really went for it and jumped up. To five acres. And a new home. Yeah. yeah built a new home for ourselves and, 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 a, and raw property that we had to clear. That's right. Yeah, that was a really fun journey um, because during the home building process, we actually built a small cabin. It was 16 by 16 cabin. And we had baby number three while we were in that cabin. And we lived there for almost, 10 months, Almost a year. a year, yeah. Yeah. And Carolyn fed our family and a lot of the construction workers yeah. on... A basically open pit stove because we didn't even have fire, right? a stove, open, open pit fire, fire outside mm -hmm. the cabin until it got cold that winter. And then she fed everybody on a small wood burning cook stove for the next uh, seven, eight months yeah. 
while we built the house. That built a lot of skills. That that gave that you a lot of skills. A huge amount of skills doing everything. We weren't off grid, but the space was so small that we couldn't have a lot of the appliances or a lot of the things that we were used to having. Plus, we were building the big house, and we weren't going to put a lot of resources into you know buying a new stove to put it into this little cabin. Right. We were just going to be in for short term. More resourcefulness, making do with Absolutely. what worked at the time. And you really learn a lot when you're in some tiny little spot. And we were back miles of dirt road, yep. half an hour from the nearest town. So it wasn't just like, let's run to the store, or let's run and go grab dinner. Yep. You really figured out how to make do with what you had right there. And I remember the moment when I pulled the pumpkin pie cheesecake out of the wood-burning cook stove, and I felt like I had arrived. <laughs> now, now I wish you're glad I had arrived. <laughs> I, I felt like I was qualified to call myself a homesteader, I think, at that moment, because it's just like a special skill that a lot of people don't get to experience is cooking yep. on that wood-burning cook stove. And in that first season, we got a garden that was probably four times the size of our last one right. growing. Mm -hmm. And gardens take a few years, yeah. you know, three to four years really to get your garden soil built up and really cranking well. Um, but we did pretty well that first year. Yeah. We got some sheep on the property. We got chickens We got again. more, yeah. We, I think we moved our chickens and got mm -hmm. a few more. We got guineas. Yeah. And we got a pig that year. We did a lot and all with, in that first well, year. Well, and within that first year, we ended up with an opportunity of 600 acres right next door to us that we leased and got cattle. Yes. And put cattle on and started uh, grass farming cattle. That was exciting. That was very exciting. Yeah. We've come and gone with a few different beef herds at this point, but that was our introduction into grass-fed beef cattle was. into raising them. It was yeah. also our introduction to permaculture Yes, and sustainable systems. And mm -hmm. through that journey, we were becoming more concerned for our own health, our children's health, and stewarding the land as we getting, not just homesteading, but doing it in a sustainable fashion. Right. So we were there on that property for, what, eight years, seven years? Something so, like that. Somewhere in there, right. Yeah, and we mm -hmm. filled that up. Mm-hmm. And then we decided it was about time to move on to a new spot where things grew a little better. We were in the high desert of California, but I want to go back to that spot for just a moment because it was when we were on that piece of property that we really developed a passion for sharing what we were doing with other people. Really did. God really put a seed in our hearts that, that we were going to share. Not in this way. We didn't know. We hadn't thought yeah, we yet didn't. about... YouTube or Facebook right. or a website or a podcast or anything yeah. like that. But we knew that we had a passion to share what we were doing. We, we had very few people around us that were doing what we were doing, that right. had a mind to do what we were doing. And a matter of fact, a lot of people thought we were kind of nuts. They thought we were kind of nuts, but you could always see there was kind of a curiosity about it, too. Like they, they kind of thought that that might be cool, but that's an awful lot of work, you right. know? <laughs> But when we started seeing what that was doing for our family, the, the fresh food, the work outside, the working together, seeing what that was doing for us as a family, our children were healthy, they were strong, but our relationships were growing and we were strong because we were working together. So many of those things were just such big benefits in our mind that we really wanted to share that with the people around us. Yeah. 
Really did. And so we filled up five acres. Yeah. And, you know, we decided that we didn't want to live in California yep. forever and that we wanted to find a place to raise our family and that our kids could be rooted in and maybe not feel like they wanted to leave and had more water and more of the things that we felt needed to fill that life up. A little greener. <laughs> so we went on a little journey and we, we actually stepped up to 20 acres mm -hmm. in Tennessee mm -hmm. for a short while. And that's where we got our first dairy cow. Yes, On top we of did. still having beef cows and, and yeah. sheep and pigs and everything else. That's right. We were, again, building a house from scratch on a piece of property. But this time we had five children, six children mm -hmm. at that point. Yep. And that's a little different scenario than when you have two children. That really is. That yeah. really changed it for us. Um, but we did have some big, beautiful gardens along the process. In fact... Some incredibly productive gardens. Oh, where it was we got a wonderful to play place with some to grow. Really neat new techniques, and really dive into mulching gardens and some some different things that we had not tried quite to that level yet. Right. Yeah. So really, uh, development of soil, working yeah. with some some of the back of Eden type gardening, right, and uh, more permaculture systems. We started there, and then dairying was new to us, right. And we developed that, but alas, we missed the West. We missed we did. the mountains and decided that Tennessee was not the home for us. And yep. so in 2014, we moved to Idaho. To Idaho. And this is just another spot that I would like to say, we learned a lesson here that I would love to be able to share with you guys so you don't make the same mistake that we did, is we had not ever lived in Tennessee we had gone and seen the property we were buying, but we had never lived there. So we didn't really understand the cultural differences of a different area, the um, temperature. There's just a lot of things that you don't understand about an area unless you've actually spent some significant amount of time there. Right. So I would really, really recommend if you're thinking about moving to a new area that you haven't been, maybe moving out to the country in an area that you haven't lived in before, mm -hmm taking a little time and renting a place before you buy something and make sure that it's going to be a good fit for you and your family. Or spending time there and making sure you have an anchor. Yes. You, you've got some sort of community, whether it's family, whether it's good friends, not just an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe if you've spent a bit of time there and gotten to know it and vacation there a bit, even then it's still great to rent a place for a while yeah. to get to know your microclimate, to get to know your neighbors, because there's often just little different types of areas yeah, when you're out in the country. Country. Yeah. And so when we came to Idaho, that's what we did. We rented 40 acres. So mm -hmm. we, we still moved up in property size. We found a piece of property where the owner was allow us to really just spread out as long as we took care of things yes. and continue our journey and do what we were doing. Yeah. And that was a huge blessing. It was. And, and now really continuing with beef, really being able to pasture sheep mm -hmm. and spread out into some of the birds that we begin to have geese and ducks some different, yeah, especially with the water around us, right. we were really able to get to some of those things. But it was also a time for us, I've got to say, that we really had very limited economic resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we that's were a, broke. And in that journey and going after those goals in yeah. that life, we did have to make some financial sacrifices yeah. in order to make that work. And so there were a lot of years where it was back to almost like early being married, right? except that we had a whole bunch of kids to feed. And so it was, you know, it was pretty serious homesteading. We had to grow yeah. everything we could. Yeah. 
uh, to get food on the table. Yeah, and, it, it, it kind of stopped being a hobby at that point, I think. And, you know, maybe it, it had a little bit beforehand, but it became a necessity. And it's very interesting, the things that you learn and the depth that you can dive into skills mm -hmm. when you have to do it in order to make sure you're getting food on the table. Right. So I think that was a wonderful experience for us in retrospect, even though it was a little hard at the time. Well, necessity really is the mother of invention or the mother of motivation. Right. <laughs> it, it really makes you do what needs to be done. So it really propelled us ahead because it was no longer skills we wanted to build and we dreamed of building. We had gotten enough skills now to find ourselves in a position where, okay, we've really got to put this to work. We've really got to do this while we're figuring out what we're going to do, you know, right. for our business and for the cash that we needed, we've really got to do this because if we're buying anything, it's kind of beans and rice and, right. <laughs> and the basics. And those years really, uh, we really grew in yeah. our knowledge and our experience and the kids really grew. Absolutely. So your journey may not quite look like our journey where we just slowly stepped up from actually being in an apartment in the city and like slowly stepped up size. But I think a lot of the same principles apply for wherever you're starting right now. Oh, yeah, it really does. Just try to take steps along the way, build skills, yeah. and move through your journey strategically. Yeah. And for us, that happened pretty organically. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say we were that wise to plan that. No. <laughs> um, you know, it just it just kind of happened that way, but we're very blessed in it. And looking at our experience and looking at other people that we've seen and other friends and different experiences... Um, it's, it's very, very challenging and we've overreached at times yeah. where we've tried to do too much. And those have been some of the hardest times, you know, there's been a few times where it was just necessary, like, like that season. Right. But if you can build skills strategically, it's, it makes that journey, uh, you're going to be much, much more successful. Absolutely. So we spent about four years on this property renting and fell in love with where we were at in our area and decided it was time to buy mm -hmm. and had a little journey to go through there with some family events and coming through that we bought where we are now at 40 acres and like i said 40 acres was enough 40 acres is a lot of land to get a hold of wasn't that the old saying like 40 acres and a mule that's what it was you were considered able for one man to farm and, and it was 40 acres with a mule, and, right? <laughs> and 40 acres generally, and of course, this depends on what the 40 acres is, yeah. but generally that was good to provide for a family in a homesteading situation. Yeah. Yeah, that was manageable and mm -hmm. it was enough to provide. Yeah. Yeah. And But I've got to say that even though right now we're on 40 acres, we are producing a huge amount of our own food. I'd say, what, 75% of vegetables, mm -hmm. pretty much 100% of meat, uh, about 100% of dairy, a, a, a huge amount of our fruits too, and I'm probably missing some major category, but we're doing pretty much all of that on about oh, two acres, five acres? Well, no, five acres with pasture, and that's excluding pasture, beef because yeah. our beef is still leased out somewhere. Right. So our dairy, yes, our beef is still somewhere else on some other acreage because we don't have the pasture here yeah. yet for that. But you can do a whole lot. Yeah. And we're applying that principle of on the 40 acres of staying close. Right. And, you know, five acres is pretty spread out, really. Mm -hmm. And for, for one person getting going, that's plenty of space. And yeah. really right now for us for the first few years, that's enough to really focus on. Yeah. And then we'll reach out over time and start developing other 
areas. Right. Now, we did buy a place this time that had existing infrastructure on it, like a house, which is really important when you have the amount of children that we have. And I got to tell you, be careful, too. Just another lesson learned, because I come from a building background. I built custom homes, know how to build homes inside and out. And we've lived in a home that I've built, and it was very, very nice. Uh And so it was very challenging to not think about, well, let's just go buy some raw land and build a new home. However, you got to think about how many hours you have in a day, the skills you have, and what you need to accomplish. And so, again, when you're pursuing that dream, we got to be realistic. And we decided it was better to buy something with a certain amount of existing infrastructure. And I'm so, so glad we did. It would have been too much to be trying to build a home together and get the gardens going and take care of the animals and manage the land. That, That just would have been too much. Well, and certainly I know a lot of people right now are feeling a bit of a sense of urgency about homesteading. Yeah, a lot of people are relocating. If you are in that sense where, you know, that state where you're just going, gee, I really want to get out on a piece of land and I really want to start growing my own food. Please look at a place that has some infrastructure because you have a choice between building a house, building the infrastructure or raising some food and you really just can't do it all, especially if you're still in the beginning stages of learning the skills that you need to grow and preserve your own food. So it's a really good thing to start with existing infrastructure, even though you may have to repair things, you may have to live with the fact that the chicken coop is not right where you want it to be. And, you know, some of those uh, idiosyncrasies that come with a place that somebody else built and developed but it's going to also move you ahead probably years in your ability to produce food. Right. So (laughs) in that journey, that seed that was planting of sharing with people was still there. It was still growing. We had people coming to visit us wherever we were at. Mm -hmm. And it was a passion. It was something we enjoyed doing. And people seemed to enjoy coming and seeing what was happening. And so that little seed began to grow a little bit until in about 2016, we embarked on, hey, can we do something online? Yeah, we really wanted to share that with more people. And it was sparked because we were answering so many questions from amongst our friends. Yeah, particularly you had a very specific experience and point in time where you were like, I need to like just create a letter or do a little video or something (laughs) to answer just the people in our local network. I had one day where I had three different friends call me and ask me about the same skill and, you know, I'm a busy homesteading, homeschooling mom. I don't have time to sit on the phone. And so I thought, gee, how could I, I need to do a video so I could just, you know, text it to them or something, right. send it to them. And so that really got us thinking about how we could share some of these skills just to our network, which led to the creation of Homesteading Family as a right. way to be able to help more people experience the benefits of a homesteading lifestyle. And so homesteading family has been a journey in and of itself, learning how to reach out and share our story and our Mm -hmm. skills with people. And that started on Facebook and quickly grew into YouTube. Mm -hmm. And now we have a podcast. Right. A couple of websites, (laughs) some online classes. Mm -hmm. And now here on this podcast. And there are some other really fun things that are still developing that we'll share with you soon. But it's been an exciting journey, and it is so fun to have all of you that have been with us for the last several years following along. We've just got a fantastic community. We just have super, super neat people that we get to talk to all the time. Yeah. You know what I think is the neatest part about the people that we've been able to engage with 
through homesteading family is how much we've gotten to learn actually from you guys and um, how it's kind of made a community of people who can learn from each other here. I think it's a really amazing thing. It really is. And so now we're on this journey together. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going along your journey and you're trying to figure out your next steps, I really, really would encourage you some of the biggest takeaways we have from our own journey is to just really focus on what you can do right now, where you're at, at this moment. Um, learn the skills that you can learn right now. Even if you're not growing a garden, you can go to the farmer's market and bring home fresh produce that you can learn how to preserve on. You can start learning how to garden in little pots on the balcony like we did. There's a lot of things that you can do wherever you're at right now. And if you need help along your journey, then we have a lot of places you can reach out so that we can inspire you guys and encourage you in your own journey. Absolutely. We're posting just about daily on Instagram. Yeah. Not just photos, but little stories so you can see what's going on around here and little educational snippets. Of course, we're always putting photos out on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's there and Facebook will keep you up to date on when the next video is or podcast is or whatever's going on. YouTube. There's new yeah. videos coming out on YouTube all the time. Absolutely. We try to get you some something new and exciting to learn about uh -huh. just about every week. Yep. And, of and course, the pantry chat here. Now on the podcast. And now on the podcast. Yeah. So just find your favorite place. We look forward to getting to know you and hanging with you. And it's great to see you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.